listening to Sermons at St. Mary's, homilies of Father Don Nectarius Hawk, recorded live at St. Mary's Antiochian Orthodox Christian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. The reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us attend. The Lord spoke this parable. The land of a rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have apple goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. And as he said this, Jesus called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. As we have again heard this morning from our Lord with a very recognizable story, very recognizable parable, we might ask ourselves the question, does this really apply to me? Because after all, I'm not rich. I mean, I'm okay, I'm comfortable. God has blessed me. But I'm not like this man because he, you know, had plenty more than he needed for the rest of his life. As we heard from St. Luke, you know, he needed to build larger barns because he didn't have enough room for the, the crops that God had blessed him with. And of course, once he did that, he felt that he would just relax and enjoy himself for the rest of his days. But God called him a fool. I was telling the children this morning in our little time together, that's a strong word. It's a very strong word. As a matter of fact, that word is used over 200 times in the Scriptures, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in Greek and in Hebrew, it is translated in English a lot of different ways, with different words. Let me just share with you some of those words. Self-confident, thick-headed, thoughtless, unwise, an empty person. There's two places specifically in the Psalms, 
Psalm 13 and Psalm 52 that begin with, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. We talked about that a little bit in our Wednesday night classes. The empty person. It can also mean heedless. In fact, that's what the translation here is in this particular gospel passage today. This man was heedless. He wasn't paying attention. In fact, St. John Chrysostom tells us that there were two things, and it's pretty obvious from the story, two things that prompted God to call him a fool. The first one was his avarice, his greed, his insatiable desire to have more and more and more and to hoard it once he had it. And then, of course, secondly, his indifference. He wasn't thinking about anyone but himself. In fact, that is the root and the deeper meaning of this parable for us, beloved. Self-centeredness. Self-centeredness, self-absorption. The, father, the fathers call it self-love. And not, not the kind of love where Jesus talks about when he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's a healthy love that we should have for ourselves, knowing that we're made in the image of God. But this kind of love, this self-centered love, this self-absorbed love, this self-love is where I basically build reality around myself. I'm the center of my universe. And you notice in the, in the parable, the man is very much that way. I think six or seven times he uses the word my or mine, my goods, my grain, my barns, and so forth. So the rich man's problem, beloved, is not necessarily that he is rich, but that he is self-centered. And that's where you and I can relate to this parable, because all of us struggle with that. Every single one of us struggle with that. In fact, that's the essence of the spiritual life, the ascetic struggle. Am I going to be on the throne of my life, or is Christ? <laughs> and every day, we have to make that decision. One way or the other. And the, and the times that we stumble and fall, of course, we decide that we want to be on that throne. But then the Lord comes to us in and through his holy church and says, Stop! Turn around! Move away from that behavior. Get off that road. And that's what repentance is all about, isn't it? When God requires this man's soul in the story, it becomes clear that to live the way of self-centeredness is simply to be a fool. For it amounts to laying up treasures for oneself in this world instead of becoming rich toward God. That's why our Lord ends that parable with that phrase. So it is he who lays up for himself treasures in this life. Beloved, we, we may not invest our lives in the accumulation of riches and wealth and possessions, but that does not mean that we're free from the temptation of simply living for ourselves. For example, we may judge everything in life according to our own preferences, according to our own opinions, our own conclusions, as though there's something wrong if our will is not done in family life or in school or at work or at the church. 
or anywhere else without even realizing it, beloved, we then end up engaging in judgmentalism toward others based on how useful they are in doing our will. When they don't agree with us, what happens? That's a sure sign, beloved, when the sinful passion within us begins to rise up in response to someone who might have a different opinion than us, who might have a different uh, idea than us, or who may be doing something that we don't particularly like or have, you know, our own opinion about. When we start to go down the road of judgmentalism and centering everything around our own particular inner conclusions, then we have gone down the road of self-centeredness. And no matter what we believe, to live that way is to commit idolatry. Because we're serving our own will above all else, aren't we? We're serving our own will. We are the lords and masters of our universe, of our reality. And in so doing, we're laying up treasures for ourselves instead of becoming rich toward God. You see, beloved, treasures can take many forms. We can invest our, our time and our energy and our sense of self-worth in any of our activities or in the service of any of our traits and abilities and gifts, including how we look and how we feel and how well we do literally anything. There's nothing wrong with giving a worthwhile endeavor or even a necessary concern to that, to the attention that it deserves. But sadly and unfortunately, when we cross the line over there, then we make an idol out of it because it all points back to us. And the more that we gratify our self-centered desires, the stronger, beloved, the hold they have over us. And the more we become their slaves. And the more settled the habit of getting what we want, the harder we'll find it to limit our desires in any area of life. That's at the root of this parable. Because you can see that the man engaged in all of that. In this particular case, it just so happened to be his riches, his wealth, his possessions, his crops, his bigger barns. And of course, the sinful passions, as St. John says, of avarice, of greed, and indifference hooked him. But underneath all of that, in the very depths of his soul, there was self-centeredness. He was the one who controlled his own destiny, his own life, everything. And that's why God came to him and said, you fool. Your self-confidence, your heedlessness, your lack of thought and care for others, your lack of wisdom is going to send you straight to hell because your soul is required of you. And this is something, beloved, I think that at, at all times of the year, all, at all times, but especially in the, the, the times of the fasting seasons. And we had just entered the Nativity Fast, of course. We know that. It started this past Friday. The church gives us times like this to examine our lives, to examine our motives, to examine our conclusions, to examine the way that we look at ourselves and the way that we look at others and the way that we look at our lives and say, Lord, what do I need 
to change? What do I need to repent of? We need a challenge, don't we? We always need a challenge to that obsession with ourselves that we slide into. Sometimes very gradually. But we go to sleep as we slide into it. But we need, we need these times where the Lord comes to us and says, wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to move toward paradise once again. And that time is upon us. That time has been given to us as a time of intentional spiritual discipline. If we are to gain the health necessary to receive the great richness of God in our lives, that our Savior came to bring us, which we'll be celebrating here in the next few weeks, then we must do that hard work. We must do that internal work of looking at our thoughts, our desires, our inclinations, our conclusions. Otherwise, we'll all continue investing ourselves in ourselves, especially in the illusion that we are isolated individuals who will find fulfillment in getting whatever it is we want on our own terms. And that, of course, is a path to weakness, a path to despair, a path to hopelessness, a path to darkness. But our Lord comes to us and says, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to go there, even. You don't have to remain there. You can come into the light. You can draw near through repentance, through fasting, through prayer, and you can become illumined. You can see yourself as I see you. Not only as a sinner, but as a sinner received into my arms, my loving arms, by grace. A sinner that I'm bringing healing and transformation to in my life. And that's all magnified for us, isn't it, during these times of fasting. So as we begin, beloved, in conclusion, let me encourage us, in addition to our fasting from rich foods, let's fast from serving our own selfish desires. Let's confess and turn away from those habits of word and thought and deed that only strengthen the illusion that our lives are our own. And especially those that keep us from truly loving our neighbor. Instead, let us offer ourselves to the Lord for the accomplishment of his gracious purpose. Because he does have one purpose and one purpose only, beloved. To make us more and more like himself. And as you and I cooperate with that, and as the throne, that throne of our lives is occupied by Christ, rather than ourselves, then we will experience, we will experience that transformation, that healing, that molding, that shaping, that becoming more and more like Him in our thoughts, in our words, and our deeds. That's our challenge. That's our calling. That's our destiny, beloved. And the Lord comes to us again in his wonderful goodness and says, are you with me? And go down that road together. May all of us have a continued and renewed 
renewed dedication to do that during this fasting season and at all times. The glory of his name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thanks for listening. Find us online by searching St. Mary Orthodox Omaha or at facebook.com forward slash stmaryomaha.